Project Taryag Day 9, we starting with Mitzvah Mem Gimel 43. And that is the Mitzvah of Yud of Am Ivriya. Am Ivriya, uh, maidservant, the Torah tells us a father is allowed to sell his daughter as a maidservant. However, it's only when she's still a Ketana, which means she hasn't yet reached the age of Nairus. She's not yet 12 years old and doesn't yet have the simonim of the bodily changes which come when she becomes a Nairus. The Allah is that a father is allowed to sell his daughter for six years, and at the termination of the six years she would go free, or if the Yovel would come during that time, or if she would become a Naira, she would get the Simon and the physical signs of adulthood, or if the owner, the master, would die. The dilim of service of the Amavri are similar to that of the Evid Ivri we learned about in the previous mitzvah. But the Torah adds a new mitzvah, and that is the mitzvah of Yud, which means that ideally the owner should decide to choose to marry the girl he took in as a servant girl. And the, where does the, mitzvah, the Rambam see that this is a mitzvah? The Mishnah says that the mitzvah of Yud comes before the mitzvah of allowing her to go free, helping her go free by reducing the debt that she has to the owner because of the time she's already worked, which we called that he takes off the original amount he paid for her proportional to how much it already works. So if you bought it, like the Mugmara says, for 600 gold coins for 6 years, and she's worked for 3 years, so if she would pay off the debt of 300 coins, she would be allowed to leave his servitude. But the Torah says that the first priority is he should be her, he should choose to marry her. And if he doesn't want to marry her himself, then he should let his son marry her in his place. And when they would marry her, then the original money he paid to buy her service, we pass like the pillar in the Gemara, that would now become the case of Kiddushin, the money which would be used to betroth her. And then afterwards he would marry her and treat her with all the regular dinim which apply in any Jewish marriage between the husband and the wife. The reason for this mitzvah says the Chinuch Mishash mitzvah zo, Shirichem the Torah has mercy, has compassion on this girl who had to be sold and her father who was forced to sell her because of his destitute, destitute state. And therefore it commanded the person who bought her to marry her and give her the prestige of being his wife. Hashem is compassion. And the buyer doesn't want it for himself, and he should give it to his son. Give it to his son. It will also be a source for her to be happy. She'll be settled. Or if neither of them want to marry her, at least he shouldn't hold on to her as a servant. He should help her free herself. This is all part of Hashem's chesed. But like I said, even the lowest part of society, the ones who are struggling the most, Hashem wants to help them. Taloch is that the Omevriya, the Adel who bought her, can't sell her to somebody else. And uh, even if he would sell her, the sale, the sale won't be valid. The denim of Omevriya, I like the denim of every, every that they only apply in a time when there's a Yovel. And if a person doesn't 
Mekayim the mitzvah of Yud, marrying her to himself for his son, he hasn't been Mekayim this mitzvah to say. But we can't force him to do it because the Torah itself gives another option of helping her release, be released by paying back the debt remaining from the original price instead of being miyada. An interesting thing the Chinuch adds, and says if a person is Mekayim this mitzvah, Tavel of Bracha, he'll be blessed. The children which come to the union will be tzaddikim. Why? Like every time where the Gemara says a person marries someone the Shem Shemayim to do a mitzvah, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu adds Siyat HaDishmayim to that marriage. Mitzvah Mem Dalad, and that is the mitzvah we just mentioned, to help an Omer free herself. The Pazak says that he has to assist in freeing herself, which means that he reduces, based on how much he's worked, the amount he originally paid for her, and therefore the existing outstanding debt will be that much less, and it'll be easier for her or for her father to free her. And as we said before, the mission says the mitzvah of Yud comes before the mitzvah of Piptia, the mitzvah to marry her comes before the mitzvah of helping her free herself, so we see this is also a mitzvah. As, as before, it's, the reason for the mitzvah is in order to assist uh, the armor, she doesn't have to remain a servant. So if she's not going to be married, at least she should go free. The Chinuch writes that not to allow her to free herself is Raya Lev, it comes from cruelty. And Klaishal, who Rahmanim, who people who bear nature merciful, it's Raya Lev to be do chesed and therefore help, so to speak, the armor, the avid, free themselves, even if it means that they'll lose their servants as a result of that. Mitzvah hey. And that is, as the mitzvah later I say, the, the pasuk says la'am nachri la'yimshal la'machra, that the owner is not allowed to sell her to somebody else. If he doesn't want to marry her, he's not allowed to sell her to somebody else. And it doesn't have to be dafka nonjid. La'am nachri means just another person. Why? Because the mechinuch explains that after she's already been sold to one Aden and been and forced to leave her home then somebody else who she does not, a stranger, it's like to her like a nachri. And once again, this is the mitzvah of chesed, to those people who need the chesed, the mitzvah will only apply in the time when the mitzvah of Amavriya applied in the time of the Yovel, and only to someone who had bought an Amavriya. Mitzvah Mimbav is also a mitzvah later, I say, when what the Torah says about the Amavriya, that if he chooses to marry her, that he shouldn't not give her everything which a Jewish man is meant to provide for his wife. The Torah says, She'era yigra. He shouldn't take away or minimize any of these three responsibilities that a Jewish man has to his wife. The way that a lot of Rishonim learn them, She'era means her food, the fact that husband's mechayev to provide his wife with food, her clothing, and the time that they're together. And it doesn't just apply to the Amma Ivriya, it applies to any Jewish wife. In other words, all of them have their chiyuvim with the raisa, that the husband's chayv to them, and it would be an oser military for the husband to withhold from his wife that which he owes her. The other Mishnah, like the Ramban, argue with this, and they learn, like the opinion in the Gemara, that a husband's responsibility to feed and clothe his wife is only with Rabbanan, not military, and therefore they explain the whole pasuk as referring to the husband's, the husband's chiyuv to be with his wife, which everybody agrees is with the raisa. Now, the Gemara discusses a number of options, and that is what happens if they make a condition in advance that they're getting married in a way that the husband won't be obligated to feed or clothe his wife. 
And the Gemara says that it's not a moment. Uh, it's a condition based on money which a person could do. But if they make a condition Merosh, that the husband won't spend all the time with his wife, that's a Tsar Haguf. That's something which causes a physical deprivation. In that case, a condition wouldn't work. Same thing. A man is Mukhiv to, st- to support and guide his wife on the standard she had before. Or if he's in a higher standard, then he's Mukhiv to support her based on the standard he has now. The Gemara says the issue is Oilem, she goes up to his level, but she, he. She, he, can't, he can't force her to come down to his level. Right. What the khiv to be with one's wife is, the Gemara says, will depend on a person's profession, how much is home, how much kind of profession he has. It ranges from the tayali, which are once every night, to the sailors, which is once every six months. Right. And this applies to men in any day and time, even today. If a person is over in this and deprives his wife, one of those things that he's chayv to her, he's over in this life, but being as a Salaf Sha'in Bamaisa, he's over. If he transgresses by not doing what he has to do, so there's no Malkus on a love which doesn't have an action. Mitzvah Mzain, and this is a mitzvah on Bastin, and it's a part of the rule, the list of mitzvahs which Bastin have to administer various different penalties for disobedience to the Torah. And that is Shin Stavinu, Lahomis, Ha'ivim, Oktas, Mitzvahs, Bechtaris Chen, Shabbatari Bechenek. We commanded with various methods to punish the offender with strangulation. Right. The Chinuch says that if a person kills another person, his misses Bechenuch. It says, Maki ish mames, mos yomos. And when it says mos yomos in the Torah, the standard misa, without more elaboration, is the most, so to speak, lenient form of misa, which is Chinuch. It's also the fastest misa. And therefore the Chinuch learns that if a person kills murders, he, the murderer is Chayv in Chenek. This is a big Chedesh that goes against the Mishnah. The Mishnah and the Paskans that a person who murders is Chayv in Herak, which means beheading. And in fact, all the Mufashim ask on the Chenek where he gets this from that a murderer would be Chayv in Chenek. And not, he doesn't just say it, but the reason he gives the mitzvah just reinforces that. He says the reason of the mitzvah is, firstly, the obligation to carry out justice is because Melech b'mishvot yamidaretz. The country will only stand if there's a justice system and a deterrent for crimes. Like the Mishnah says, without a strong sense law, then people will kill each other. To kill a murderer, the reason why the Torah gives the murderer chenek is because it pays back the crime he did. When a person wants to commit murder, he wants to do it as fast as possible. He'll try to kill him as quickly as possible so the other person can't fight back or escape. And therefore, the penalty that Torah gives for a person who kills, according to the Chinuch, is the quickest of the misses, which is Chinuch. Which, as we said, is very surprising. It's against the Mishnah. And those misses, such as strafe and burning and stoning, which much slower, so to speak, and therefore cause more pain, that the Torah gives for the Avera of Because since the pleasure gained from the Avera took more time, we made a Midak Naked Midah, the Torah administers a death which takes longer to administer. Right, what is the process? The Mishnah says in Sanhedrin, what they used to do is they used to take two ropes, and they, a softer one, which they put against the murderer's neck, a thicker rope which they put around that, 
the two Ali would pull from each side until he died. And this only applies as mitzvah, would only apply in Eretz Yisrael when there was a basin which would judge in the Nefoshis, which means as long as there was a Sanhedrin sitting in the Lishkas in the, in the Beis HaMikdash, then the Sanhedrins were entitled to judge uh, capital cases. And for a Sanhedrin who is able to judge such a case and doesn't, so he's a Mavatalist Mitzvah, and it's a right for a big Oynish because the lack of judgment encourages more people to commit crimes. This is according to the Rambam. The Ramban doesn't learn that each individual penalty that Basin can administer is a separate mitzvah. He learns that there's one general din of carrying out justice, and therefore he learns from the apostle, a person has to destroy the evil from in the midst of Kaisal. The judges are commanded to make sure that wrongdoing gets punished, but not every penalty which just which Basin will administer is a separate punishment. Mitzvah Memches, not to hit one's parents. And we learn from the Pasuk that it says, If a person hits his father or his mother, then he gets killed. Now, it's not talking that he hit them and killed them, it's talking that he hit them and caused them an injury. And that's enough that the Torah gives the penalty of its high Misa. The Chinuch asks the question, and that is the way the Torah works, is first the Torah warns us not to do something, and afterwards the Torah sends a punishment. And only after the Torah is first warned, then the Torah can say that if one transgresses, it's going to be a punishment. And here we find the Torah gives the punishment. Where's the warning not to hit one's parents? And the Chinuch says the warning is from the general Pasuk that was not allowed to hit any Jew. The Pasuk says, Lo Yosef. And it's talking about the Shlech of Bastin, who is administering lashes to someone who's Chayef. Don't hit him more than the amount that Bastin the left. And from there we learn the Isser to hit another Jew. And says the Chinuch, even though that Pasuk is not talking about parents specifically, it's talking about any other Jewish person, but a parent is no worse than that. If the Torah forbids hitting one's friend, neighbor, another Jew, the Torah would also forbid in the same Isser hitting one's parents. The only difference would be the severity of the punishment which is given. And that for hitting another Jew, a person would either have to pay the damage he caused, or if there wouldn't be a damage of a Shavi Prutza, he would get Malchus. Whereas when it comes to hitting a parent, the Torah gives a much more severe penalty, and that is his Chayav Mesa. And the Chedesh here would be that even though there's only one Loi Taisa in the Torah, and that is not to hit another Jew, the Chinuch counts it twice. He counts one Isser as the Isser of hitting another Jew, and he counts the second Isser, the Isser of hitting a parent, even though they learned from the same source because of the difference in the punishment for each one. Now, what is a person chayvon? Not just a regular, so to speak, act that he hits his parent, but only if he causes a chabura, which means he draws blood, or he causes injury. For example, the Gemara says if he hits him on his ear, and as a result, he deafens him, so he's chayv mesa for that, because it must be that it caused internal bleeding, which caused him to become deaf, and that's also considered a wound which causes bleeding. If the son is a doctor and he's trying to heal his parent and he causes an injury, so even though the Paskin that a son is a doctor shouldn't heal his parents because of that that risk, and an outside the doctor should do it. But if a son did and his intention was to heal and he caused the injury, then he's passer. And so too the son can't be based in Shlech to administer a punishment to his parents.
because even if his parents are Rishoyim, and therefore he might not be punished for hitting them, but for sure it's not allowed for him to hit them, and therefore someone else will have to be the Shleich of Bestin. A Ger, halachically, isn't considered the child of his parents anymore, but with Rabbanon, they still made it also for a, a Ger, a child, to hit his parents. The reason for the mitzvah, so, as you said before, by the debt of gratitude a person has meant to have to his parents and a person can go to the opposite extreme and attack them so it's our job so to speak to punish him for the extreme lack of Hakarasatov, like extreme ingratitude and therefore the Isra and hitting one's parents will apply every time always to any both men and ladies but the punishment which Basin can administer will only be practical in a case in a time when Basin are there and they're able to administer Capital punishments. The Chinuch adds two more points, which are both a Chiddush, and that is, if there wouldn't be Eidim, then he would be Chayav Kores. And the second thing he says is that if a person would hit his parents, and there isn't the possibility of killing him, then he would be Chayav to pay Nezek, he'd have to be Chayav to pay the damage he caused, like by any other person. If there would be less Neshavi Prata, and therefore there wouldn't be a payment, then you'd be high of Marcus for hitting another Jew, again, just like any other person. Mitzvah Memtes is the mitzvah of paying knas. Knas is a penalty which totally puts on someone for doing certain avarice, even though it's not exactly paying back the damage he caused, it might be more or less or even different to the amount of damage he caused, but in certain cases the Torah enacted a penalty, and the mitzvah is for Bastin to enforce the payment of that penalty. The Chinuch brings the point of paying the Knas as Mila Knegimida that we're going to take from his money to cause him the same level of Tsar he caused the other person. And it doesn't have to be the same level of loss he caused the other person because in certain cases, like if he embarrassed him, that embarrassment isn't going to cause loss but it's going to cause Tsar, it's going to cause him pain. And therefore the Chiyuv to pay Boishas, to pay for embarrassment, is so to speak a restitution for the pain that he caused. Therefore it's going to make a difference exactly what he did to embarrass him the status of the person who was embarrassed, the status of the person who embarrassed him, and if, based on that, based will determine how much he has to pay. There will be times also when one will be part of a boishas. For example, if the person who got insulted is not considered a bar boishas, whether it's a shaita or a cotton, whatever the case would be with that, or if a person was with when he was sleeping, in which case he would be part of as well. The signs of boishas, the other penalties which have to be paid as well, and that is besides the injury he causes, which isn't a knas, the damage he caused, there's also the payment of the tsar, the pain that he caused, the, the doctor's fees, the medical bills, and the amount of time that he lost from his work. These all fall a part of what we call the dilemma of chayvel, that a person injures another person. Now, even though in most of these dilemma, especially knasis, the halacha is that only a Bastin who is considered a Samuch, which means they have ordination, generation after generation from Moshe Rabbeinu, are able to judge such cases. And if that's the case, only in Israel, when there were Samuchim, would the Bastin be able to judge such a thing. Today, when we no longer have Samuchim, we wouldn't be allowed to judge such cases. The Gemara says that in certain cases of Dilun Shri which means the Bastin of Samuchim empowered any other best in, even if they're not smuchim, they don't have that distinction to judge. And the Gemara gives two conditions for this. The first condition is it has to be something which is shchiach, 
something which happens commonly. A rare case that didn't empower a different basement to deal with. And the second one is it has to be something that has chisra which has caused the loss of money. If that's the case, they've done a disservice, so to speak. The one is done to the other, and we have to rectify that by making restitution. It would just be a knas, which doesn't doesn't come because of the mazik, the injurer, having taken or ruined the money of the person who's injured, then we're not going to we're not going to judge such cases if you're not a person smoking. However, the riff rats, and this was the minag then in Babel and the minag thereafter as well, and that is even in a case where based and aren't permitted to judge the case because not smoking, what we can do is we can put the offender into a kharim, into excommunication, until he gives some kind of restitution which we would advise him to the person that he injured. And then when he does do that, then we will release him from his kharim. So therefore this mitzvah will only apply on the basin when there's a basin who's able to judge these cases. And no ladies who aren't judges, obviously this will never apply to them. The same thing, any other case where there's a basin who aren't smuchim, or aren't empowered by the basin of smuchim to judge, will also be part of from this day.